Anna. Hi, Talon. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. Uh, we're in the middle of summer. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I'm sweating in, a little bit. We're in the middle of summer. Middle summer, summer, mid-summer. Mid we're in the middle, su middle summer, I think they call it. It's... it's Let's just cut it for short, just like midsummer. Ooh, I like that. Wait a minute. What? We just watched a movie. My God, we did just watch a movie. It's called Midsummer. Yeah, it's called Middle Summer. Ah, oh, sorry. Oh, Midsummer, Midsummer for short. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, we should talk about that movie. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea, because that's what we do on this podcast called Scared Squared. We are Tal and Bigelow. Elena Afanasiev. We are a couple, and we are a couple of horror movie fanatics. We're both scared. We're both scared, always, of the constant state of everything. <laughs> um, only, only kind of joking. Anyway... <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening, tuning in. This is our second episode. We're still trying to get this thing figured out. But uh, in the meantime, we have seen some scary movies and we need to talk about them today. We are reviewing Ari Aster's sophomore effort, Midsummer. We do a lot of only sophomore efforts because our first episode was It was. Us, You're which right. Was Jordan Peele's sophomore effort. And now we're doing Ari Aster's. We should rename the podcast Sophomore Efforts <laughs> and want to review director's second we, movies. We, okay. 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 Good. I I don't want to do that. Oh, okay, but. fine. Um we'll stick to this then. Uh yeah, so today we're reviewing Midsummer. Uh what we're going to try and do always is uh, keep it to the first part of the podcast being spoiler free. So if you haven't seen the movie, it's okay. You can listen if you're interested in how we you know, think it was. And then... Uh, if we, we recommend it. If we recommend it or not to you. And then uh, afterwards, then we jump into spoiler territory and talk about everything. Yes. Everything and anything. To all the details of the movie um, and our theories. Yes. Um, and we will make sure that we tell you spoilers ahead when we reach that point. So don't worry. Yeah, we will warn you. So, let's get into it. Yes. Uh, here's Spoiler the plot free. summary. Spoiler free. But here's the plot summary from IMDb. A couple travels to Sweden after a visit... Uh, well, I don't know why I added a bunch of words that weren't there. <laughs> a couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. That is the plot summary of Midsummer from IMDb. That's a pretty short, good summary. That's a pretty good summary. So, uh, I guess 
you know, going into this movie, you and I had already both seen Ari Aster's first movie, Hereditary. And we should at, you know, do another episode about that movie at some point. But uh, I feel like we both left Hereditary maybe not underwhelmed, but mm-hmm. we it wasn't, you know, the, the buzz around Hereditary was that it was like the scariest movie ever. Like, people were freaking out about how scary this movie was. It's funny. It was the same thing about Us as well. True, true. Us had similar vibes uh, in the, you know, advertising for it. And then, I think in both cases, we were like, well, I mean, it was good and well-made, but maybe not as scary, not scary at all, maybe. I mean, it was... It was horrifying because of the ideas and, I mean, it was pretty gory as well. It's a mm-hmm. very gory film, which I wasn't expecting. Hereditary or, or Midsummer? Oh, sorry. Are we talking about Midsummer or Hereditary? I was, I started with Hereditary. But oh, so sorry. What are you talking about? Midsummer? I was talking about Midsummer. That's okay. Yeah, Hereditary isn't. Yes, it wasn't as scary. And actually, I did a little bit more research. Um, yeah. And Ari Aster um, did not intend to make her- Hereditary a uh, horror film. Really? That's not his intention. His intention for that film was a family drama. Well, that got away from him a little bit, didn't it? It did, because a lot of people took it as a horror film and now are claiming it to be the best horror film of all time or whatever, or this one of the scariest films they've ever seen, when that wasn't even his intention. It must have somewhere in the editing or something, because it definitely turns into a horror movie at the end there. Um, it does, but he his intention was a family drama. That's really interesting. And I can see too. Yeah, I mean, Ari Aster does seem good in both of these movies, Hereditary and in Midsummer, uh, at taking you know family dynamics or relationship dynamics and really making those like focal points of his movies. Yeah, so. he takes very uncomfortable dynamics. I think yes. really well. Uncomfortable, but but realistic. Real, yes, realistically uncomfortable dynamics, which is it's hard to that. I think that in in itself is horrifying. Yeah. So I mean, see that. we had seen Hereditary, and that already gave us a vibe of what this guy could do. And then we jump into Midsummer. So Midsummer, uh, at the heart of it, I mean, it really focuses on one character. Uh, played by Florence Pugh. Her name is Danny. Mm-hmm. And uh, her character is in a relationship with this character named Christian. And their relationship, uh, we get it, we get to see both perspectives, you know. Uh, clearly feels like to Christian, like this relationship is probably nearly ending like he's talking to his guy friends about you know when they're they're gonna break up he clearly doesn't want to be in a relationship with her Mm -hmm. and danny that is really uncomfortable 
Yeah, it's uncomfortable being an audience member watching a couple where clearly one half doesn't want to be involved anymore. Yeah. Um, and then Danny, uh, I don't know that we get a, such a strong feeling about what she feels about Christian because she's dealing with her own family trouble at the beginning of the movie. And uh, They also, like... I don't know. I can't tell if the movie was saying that she had her own mental health issues or mental health stuff. I couldn't tell what they were trying to say about Danny. Uh, without getting into specifics, I guess. I, uh, I don't know. I think you... Maybe it could have been argued that, but also, you know, she was very concerned about her family stuff that was going on, which she ends up being right about, uh, which isn't a spoiler to say, this is the first, no. you know, ten minutes of the movie. So, like, they kind of peg her as, like, a worrier and someone who has a lot of anxiety, and that's true, but I think her anxiety is justified at the beginning of Movie. Well, I agree. I think that's. I'm not agreeing with that statement. I'm just. I've noticed in a couple of articles that I've read, they've talked about her mental health. Right. They've talked about how she has mental health issues, and that's why the men are like. They've called her bipolar. They've, you know, because in the film, right? Maybe the dudes have. I'm not saying oh, they're the correct. Uh, they've. I think so. Yeah, they've like made her out to be some sort of like she's troublesome because of her mental health. Yeah, I mean they clearly have feelings about her. Um, anyway, that I don't want to go into too much of that. Yeah, I guess before we get so far, uh, I don't want to spoil too much. Let's just give our initial response then to the movie. First of all, did you like this movie? Did I like this movie? Yeah. I did. Yeah. I I did. Um It's a, it was a strange journey for me because I was Going into it thinking it was a cult, you know, and it is a cult movie, um, and I was thinking more horror, more, like, you know, horror tropes and, you know, jump scares, and I was thinking more on the, on those lines before going in, so I was expect that that was where my ex expectation. Oh my god, I'm trying so hard right now. <laughs> um, expectations. Yeah. And that's not what I got. Okay. No jump scares. No, um, you know, the horror was the cult, and the horror was just the visionary. I think. And, um, all visual. So that totally took me by surprise. But I, it's funny because I, I really did go through a whole journey with it. Because I was just 
horrified by the images and horrified by the idea of it. And I just felt really <laughs> paralyzed by it. And at the end, I didn't understand. And then later thinking about it, later taking some time, I was like, okay. Okay, I think I like this movie because it, it worked. And I think now, now putting all the puzzle pieces together, I'm now thinking, oh, okay. Like, I understand what the director is trying to do. I understand what the story is. I understand what the metaphors were. I understand. I, like, I'm, even if I don't understand, I still, I'm tr I understand what it was trying to get. Yeah, this movie definitely takes uh, some time to digest. It is not your average horror flick by any means. It is, uh, you know, the experience of watching this movie is... I go into most horror movies expecting like to be you know, kind of tense the whole time and and expecting moments of relief where the movie's trying to trick me into a false sense of security so it can scare me again. And there's the, always the, the scary monster, whatever. It's like the focus, the focal point of the scare is a thing that you like, you know it when you see it. And at the end of the movie, it is vanquished usually, or it is cliffhanger but like there's a there's a certain way that horror movies go and this movie really challenges the tropes of a horror movie and and kind of plays against them in a big way which I think Ari Aster did in Hereditary and sometimes too so you know for one this movie takes place like Primarily in bright, stark daylight, which is a contrast to most horror movies mm -hmm. out there. And um, it's always bright. It's always bright. Always well lit. Yeah, specifically yeah. a part of Sweden that has very little uh, time without sun. Like, they make a point of that. So, everything you're seeing is just in bright colors and bright well-lit sun and um i gotta say that's something that i really loved about that film this film too is that the, the brightness of yeah. it it's uh i mean it's like beautiful in a lot of ways mm -hmm. really colorful picturesque and colorful and then once the horror kind of starts it never really uh that tense, uneasy feeling in me, like, never let up. Like, I had a headache, and you did too. We both yeah. had headaches at the end of this movie because mm -hmm. we were just, like, so entirely tense for, you know, two hours. It's not a short movie, but it doesn't feel long. It kind of clips along at a pretty decent pace. Yeah, you're 
on for the ride. Yeah. I think that's why we don't feel like it's long, is because we we're we want to figure it out with them. We wanna yes. we wanna know what's going on. And I'm glad you said something about figuring out because I I think Ari Aster's both movies have, have dealt with uh like a lot of horror movies do, there's a central mystery to it all. And I think in Hereditary, without spoiling Hereditary, I felt like there was this central mystery, and then by the time you get to the end and the resolution and everything is explained, the exposition of what was going on in that movie uh, kind of happened too quick, and it introduced so many concepts real fast that seemed... It pushed the realm of what was possible at the last second, so, you know... It's like the whole movie. I'm thinking, um, the you know, metaphor. This is a movie about a guy who can only jump six feet, and then in the last ten minutes, like, nope. Turns out he can jump twenty feet. Did you know? Well, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the mystery was like it wasn't satisfying because it just pushed things mm-hmm. too far over the edge of what I thought was possible. Um, with this movie, the mystery is, like, really well explained. A little bit throughout the movie, you get a bit and then a bit and a bit that keeps you interested in the mystery. Honestly, they kind of tell you... I think of, like, not to be too spoily, but... The cult is pretty honest about what they are. True. Like, they're, they're no not, one's really hiding They're not anything in this movie. I think it's just, we feel like, as the audience, they're hiding a lot. Which, which you know, it does, there are secrets that reveal throughout the film, but... The, the reasoning or the what this cult is trying to be and what they're about, they don't hide that. Yeah. And true. they do, they're, they are pretty upfront about what they what they want, what mm-hmm. they desire, what they worship, whatever. Totally. So, yeah, I found it very satisfying at the end to know things and not not have... It's like I was given all the pieces, and if I really wanted to, I could have some in some way put it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's always satisfying when the mystery is actually solvable without the main characters telling you what the answer right. is. Um, but you also don't want to solve it before the main character. So this thing was I like, think, yeah, perfectly executed in that way. I think before we go too far, I think we should now ask: um, Do you recommend this film to for other people? Yeah, uh, I absolutely do. I think it's if you are someone who at all considers yourself a horror movie fan. You definitely have to see it. Like, it's one of those movies that is going to be... This is a very uh, specific 
milestone of horror movie cinema. I think this movie does things that other horror movies haven't done, that other horror movies are going to have to contend with as they move forward. Jordan Peele said something similar, like this movie has imagery that uh, is some of the most brutal imagery ever you know, created on screen for horror. And if you're gonna compare other horror movies, this has to be in the conversation. Um, and not only that, like, I think a lot of people would describe this movie as very, like, cathartic. Like, by the end of this movie, I think it's satisfying in a way I haven't felt from a horror movie I can't think of another horror movie that satisfied me. Maybe Get Out. Um, and that was very specific to, I guess, my situation culturally. And um, But, like, this movie's very satisfying. And it's definitely, definitely graphic. But graphic in a way... That is strangely beautiful. Like, it's gross and horrible and and just incredibly well-crafted and some, something to admire. Like, if, you, if, that, if you're at all squeamish, like, it's going to be hard for me to say you should watch this movie. Like, you, there's going to be parts of this movie you're going to probably wish you hadn't seen. Um, but if you can get past that, then definitely you should watch this movie. What do you think? Um, if you, I would only recommend it to people who are into horror films. If you are not into horror films, do not watch this film. I mean, uh, well, okay, if you are into horror films and if you're into cinematography those are the only two groups I would recommend this film to because I do think it's pretty gory and if you're not into gore um don't watch this film and if you're kind of triggered by um just visual like, uh, gory stuff, um, suicide, or... Yeah, definitely trigger uh, warnings for that. Yeah, there definitely needs to be trigger warnings for suicide. Um, and, um... Yeah, I think that would be the biggest part for me that I have to say. But, um, yeah, I think... Definitely, if you are a horror fanatic, if you love horror films, if you want love to like break them down, figure them out, if you love new cutting edge type of horror, if you love cult, um, definitely, definitely recommend because I do, I agree with Talon. I think that this is something that you know cinematographers, directors, uh, horror fanatics will be talking about because it's 
it's kind of, it's new, it's different, and it, um, it feels like it's kind of offering a new genre of film, in a way, um, just of this, like, like we talked about before, is this, this bright contrast film, I know they compared it to something else that also was bright and like in contrast of horror. Um, I mean, people have compared it to like Wicker Man, right? But that's—I don't know. I don't know if that's right. There was another film. I cannot remember what it was right now, but there was another film they compared it to. Um, but that—I think there was like only one other film that they compared it to with the contrast of the. The beautiful, bright cinematography, right? Um, but with this like horrific thing happening at the yeah. same time, um, and um, I think the storytelling was good. I think um, some incredible acting in it, for sure. Incredible acting. Recommended to those two groups. People. I agree. Um, I would say if you uh, if you don't know for sure whether or not this is something you want to see, I would watch Hereditary first. If you've already seen Hereditary or you do watch Hereditary and you feel like you can either see the value in that movie slash can handle the level of intensity or gore of that movie, then you can probably handle Midsummer. I'd say. It's a good barometer. I disagree, but... Why do you disagree? Um, I just think they're such different films in my brain. Well, they're very different, but I think they explore the same kinds of levels of drama. And... Um, Gore-wise, like, I feel like if you can handle Hereditary, you can handle Midsummer. No, I disagree. Do you think Midsummer is that much more drastic? I think Midsummer is way gorier, from what I remember. Sure, but I do think it's a step. It's a step up from most. Like, if you can handle Hereditary, then you can make the leap to Midsummer probably easier than you could if you couldn't handle Hereditary. If you can't handle Hereditary, you can't handle Midsummer. Is that fair? Sure. I don't... I don't... I can't compare those two to my brain. They feel different to me. Okay. Well, that's okay. I guess you need to find your own barometer for how much gore you can handle. And if you can handle gore, period, you can watch this film. Okay. Fair enough. There's but some pretty graphic it. things in this film that, for sure. that I, I didn't expect myself. Okay. It didn't feel like that was coming and it kind of, it just came, came at, a, at a surprise. As and so I didn't wasn't expecting that kind of stuff. And so if you are okay with that kind of thing, where it's just an unexpected gory scene, 
then that this film is for you. And I think that's worth pointing out that it's probably mostly kind of just like relegated to one scene. That's mm -mm. Kind of... there are a couple. Oh boy, we are gonna talk in spoilers, which we are gonna get into. I'm sorry, there are a couple gory scenes, okay. and it there's one that's pretty prolonged. Sure, sure. There's a couple. Um, so that's that's your content warning there. But definitely check out this movie if you feel like uh, you can handle it. And if you are uh, triggered by suicide, um, I think that's definitely a big warning that should have been talked about for this film. But, um, yeah, that's a... Uh, yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Alright. Well, we are gonna move into spoiler Sp territory. Spoiler zone! Welcome to the spoiler zone. Hi, welcome to the spoiler Hi, zone. Welcome to the spoiler zone. Okay. Um the spoiler zone is all ASMR. If you That's right. <laughs> you so, only whisper in spoilers. Let's talk about this movie. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. Okay. There's a lot to really get into. Um, where do you want to start with spoilers and greater detail of this movie? Uh, well, I think we should just, what we did with us. Kind of break it down? Should, yeah, just go th um, plot by plot. Oh boy. Okay, well let's start at the beginning then. So, this movie, it opens with scenes between uh, Danny and her boyfriend, uh, Christian, and they're talking on the phone. You get the vibe immediately that Christian's kind of a jerk. Uh, and Danny's the one who's kind of worried because her sister has sent some s vaguely suicidal messages and has not responded to her. Um, and then, you know, we're introduced to other characters in this movie who are Christian's friends, who are played by a couple familiar faces. If you watch uh, The Good Place or if you watch... The Black Mirror Bandersnatch episode, you're going to recognize some of these actors. Um, anyway, we get to the reveal that uh, Danny's sister has killed herself and also taken her parents' lives as well. Um, Which she does mention in the email she sent to Danny. Yeah, so... I mean, you wanted to talk about, like, so, yes, Danny is portrayed as having some major anxiety. Pretty justified here in this moment. You know, she's worried about her sister. Turns out she was right to be worried. Um, but they do kind of use this, I think her friends, uh, sorry, Christian's friends, Use that against her as a as a point against Danny for why Christian should break up with Danny. Um, and I think 
clever storytelling going both ways. I think it's also Christian's on the verge of breaking up with Danny, and then this happens, and then I'm sure he feels like, well, I can't out of guilt. break up with her now. Like, that would make me the worst person in the world. So, it was a great way to bind these characters together that clearly shouldn't be together. And several time, uh, several, um... Uh... Not years, but some time passes throughout in the beginning of the film. Yeah, is it three months or so? Something like that, where she's, you know, she's towards, she's not super grieving, um, just fresh grieving from the death. And the only time we see her grieving, which was, this is interesting. The only time we see her even dealing with the grief, um, she's just wailing. We don't even hear her say it. She's wailing. She's crying. She can't even say it. She's on the phone wailing to her boyfriend, uh, which is... Christian. Christian, that's right. Ah, Also interesting that his name's Christian. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, but... He, she, we just hear her wailing through the phone and then cut to a scene where she's just wailing to him on his uh, lap on the couch. So she's not really saying anything. She's just crying. She's crying. This tragic, tragic situation. Um, and she's grieving. I just think that's an interesting juxtaposition to the end of this film. Sure. Okay. Um, which we'll get to. I do think this scene definitely reminded me of Hereditary also. Um, without spoiling Hereditary, there's definitely a scene where Tony Collette's character also breaks down in a similar fashion where it's not like there aren't any words exchanged it's just you feel the emotion of mm -hmm. it and it's so heavy and and just raw raw and emotional that it's it's just yeah same thing i think Ari Aster's kind of good at that mm -hmm. um and it's so hard to watch um so yeah, this terrible incident happens. Uh, we flash forward to the following summer where uh, Danny basically learns that Christian and his friends are planning to go on a trip to uh, Sweden, Sweden. Um, because one of their friends, who is Swedish, his name is uh, Pele, is, uh, you know, attending this festival that his community partakes in every 90 years and, and he has invited Christian and friends uh, and Christian makes the choice because it gets a little awkward between him and Danny to invite Danny 
but under the assumption that she's not gonna come and tells you know his friends to act like it was their idea to invite her and mm-hmm. that they really want mm-hmm. her to be there so this all of course leads to Danny accepting the invitation and wanting to go like this backfires on Christian and uh this is the thing that gets them to Sweden, basically. Uh, Pele says he's really excited for Danny to come. He seems to be the only one genuinely uh, happy about Danny yeah. being able to attend this. Not even phased. Right. Kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he does bring up the, the idea his parents also you know died when when he oh, was that's a boy. later no he brings this up here too does he he mentions it and he, he he does say that he's sorry for Danny's loss when they're sitting in like the apartment or whatever oh he says he says that because like he lost his parents too this kind of sends Danny into an anxiety attack that's right she leaves. Which, uh, yeah, and then they go right from there to the plane ride, which is such a cool transition chat. I loved it. I was just that like, was a good trip. This movie's full of, like, visual things that are just like, ah, oh, that's so cool. It was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, they're on their way to Sweden. They, they, they get to Sweden. And it's, and really it's for long Mark's night. thesis. Um, is that the character's name, yes. Mark? Yeah. No, not Mark. Sorry. Oh, Josh. Sorry. Josh, yes. Um, Josh's thesis. The character, Josh, played by William Jackson Harper yep. from The Good Place as well. Um, yes. So he is taking the opportunity to write a thesis on the... Karga community. That's the name of the Swedish community that is having this festival. They uh, get to Sweden. They, you know, have a long hike to get there, but, you know, they're introduced to some of the other people who are part of the community. Uh, Pele has a friend who's also part of his community. Um, that has brought along some other people from the UK. Yes. Um, so we're meeting people, and then once they're there, they're also uh, are offered mushrooms, drugs to take. Uh, Danny is hesitant and doesn't want to take them at first because she wants to like find her bearings, and she's just worried about being in a new place and her current mental state hasn't been great by her own uh, accord. And uh, she gives in to peer pressure. She does. Christian kind of like says like, "Uh, I won't take him if you won't take him, but her friends clearly want him to take him, so she just does it. And then, um, so, they kind of trip on mushrooms, which 
is kind of serene for a little bit until Danny does kind of start having another anxiety attack while on mushrooms and freaks out a little bit and then kind of I guess falls asleep and then we cut to a little bit later. Well it's also important to know that when she is hallucinating they are all they're all sitting together by the tree and she has her hand on the ground with in the grass and the grass is growing through her hand. I think that's an important visual um, thing to note because she later then becomes enveloped by this like big gown of flowers um, and I think that's like a foreshadowing and a, um, a way of saying that she becomes a part of the cult later in the film. Um, I think that's like a little foreshadowing thing. Well, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Because she sees it, she's, it happens twice because she sees it grow mm -hmm. through her feet later when she does the maypole. Yeah. Um, she takes the other, the hallucinogenic later. Um, so this is the first time we're seeing that in the film and she you know she's really confused by it she kind of freaks her out yeah okay definitely um so they kind of move on they arrive they you know meet even more people things kind of get a little Hence, uh, because one of the first things that happens as part of this festival is uh, this ritual. And, you know, the whole time you're watching this movie from the perspective of these people who are not part of this community. So everyone's like sitting at a table or, uh, you know, introduced to these two older members of the community who, you know, Part of this ritual is them kind of it's hard to explain it just like they're making like these kind of noises it's kind well, of somewhere they, between singing and also we see them come from a temple that they before that even happens Pele tells them that nobody's allowed in there yeah it's like a sacred space no right one, no one's allowed in there and those two were those two elderly people were brought out from that temple and brought and they were um, carried into the chair or do they walk over I think they walked over okay so point. they walked they get over carried in chairs yeah and they look both just not happy like I don't not not happy but they just don't For have stoic. any emotion yeah. yeah so they sit at they're they're like at the head of the table. They kind of exchange weird noises with each other, uh, and then speaking Swedish. And yeah, there's a lot of weird like 
breathing exercises. Like, yeah. a lot of it felt like weird acting classes to me. I was like, ugh, man, I've been there. It felt culty. Yeah, it's strange. No and they weren't allowed to eat until they started to eat. Right, so those... There was, like, a right time or yeah. something. Everyone's kind of following their lead. Yeah. Um, anyway... Eventually, this all leads to them being carried in chairs. Um, Danny and Christian and their friends kind of follow the main group to this, you know, area. And our, everyone seems to be focused on this cliff edge where the two elders uh, have been brought to. And they put them on chairs and they walked in they couldn't even walk themselves. Yeah. So they're carried to the edge of this cliff. And then they're standing on the edge of the cliff. And at this point in the movie, I feel like you're watching like, it seems like this is going to happen. There's that's, no way this is going to happen. That's the only... I think this is the part that kind of annoyed me in this scene. In this, in this scene. What? Was that... They're brought up to the edge, and the outsiders of the film, so Simon, Connie, Danny, Mark, Josh, yeah, all of those people, they didn't seem too alarmed. Well, here's the thing, because I'm sitting there in the audience myself being like, nah, no way. Like, I'm I'm in their boat where I think anyone would be... I think I if you saw that, out. I don't know. I can't no, think if you saw that no. happen. Why would you assume that this if would I'm, happen? No. And the other thing is, like, they know this is a cult. They, they don't know, know it's a cult. Yes, though. they do, because he's writing a thesis on it. He doesn't see it as a cult, though. He sees it as like a a weird. How can you not see this as a cult? To They're him? all no, all of them can like you. Cannot be that stupid. But he doesn't. It's not stupidity. It's just he, it's a weird no, European I think, community. I don't know. He doesn't see it. Josh does not see it as a cult. He sees it as a... I think they were way too cool about it. Probably. I would have been freaking out. I'd be like, this is some cult But shit. you are like someone who is... You, you understand... You've, I don't know, you've Who doesn't understand that? It's a... I mean, we're them, all, like, it's just a, educated <laughs> on this kind of stuff. It's just a weird Swedish community, and it might as well be, like, a festival where they just... Because before that, there was just, like, eating and drinking, know. and that's it. Like, that's the one the thing way, that bothered me. Well, their friend, even. They have their friend who invited them, who tells them it's just, like... It's just kind of a weird ceremony. It's just like, ah, it's just a weird ceremony. Right, it's going to look silly, but don't worry. It's so, just... okay, jump to, okay, we're, we're on this cliff. The wo- elderly woman goes up to the edge of the cliff, and she looks like, she, you know, she's really taking her time. She looks... A lot of times. She's, you know... Yeah, she's thinking. She's looking down at all these people, looking up at her. Um, it seems like, and I don't know if this is true, but it does seem like she makes eye contact with 
Danny. And that's what it feels like. And I don't know if that's what the director was trying to do or whatever, but he makes, she makes uh, eye contact with Danny. And then Danny looks really concerned and like she's freaking out, but then she brought this calmness to Danny. And it, you feel this sense of shift in Danny of like, I, she like, she's not freaked out by this. It was, she finds yeah. some calmness in this. And so the woman jumps and Danny doesn't even freak out. She's just kind of looking at like the situation and she's not freaking out. Yeah, that's true. That's a moment that. And only Simon and Connie really freak out. The other group doesn't freak well, out as much. Here's here's the thing. Josh seemed to know what the ceremony was because Pele said the name of it, and Josh was like, "Wait, like an actual one?" Like he kind of was aware oh, of. I didn't catch that. Yeah, there was a line that indicated that like Josh kind of was aware of what this ceremony traditionally would be. It's not to say he knows it's a cult. It's to say he knows that this is technically some uh, the action that would take place. Mm-hmm. I don't think he knew it was a cult. Mm-hmm. That can be debated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he was so freaked out. I think he was probably surprised that what he saw was actually real. Um, and then, you know, Pele wouldn't be freaked out. Christian... I think is kind of he like sort of freaked out. I don't yeah. know. I was a little bothered by the reactions on that side. So, I don't know because I I think I'm just frustrated because I'm like this is a huge thing to witness. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're also in the. I don't think you would be caught dead going to Sweden to witness some weird Swedish rituals. Like, I would be Connie and Sam. Uh, Simon in that situation being like we have to stop this like what are we doing only after someone jumps though or before because they didn't freak out until after I don't care (laughs) okay but okay so we see the woman jump onto a rock from a very high distance and she dies and she dies instantly on impact then there's the older gentleman who jumps after her. Misses the rock. He kind of, he misses and is uh, on the ground, his leg. Because they're supposed to hit a rock at the bottom to kill them. Yes. He misses the rock. He goes just slightly to the side of it. Snaps his leg. And is, is still alive. And is still alive. This is the gory part. Yep. And then, uh, so the man is kind of like moaning in pain, and the group kind of echoes his moaning. Yeah, they're wailing with him because it feels like they're feeling his pain. Yeah, which is kind of a big They're sharing his. Yeah. Um, Again, kind of going back to the very beginning of the movie. Right. So, he's still alive, the group has a giant mallet, and there's like four of them in particular who take the mallet over to him, and then just, uh, just 
bash his head open with the mallet. And, and we get to see it. Oh, and bright technicolor. The blood and bright, gore and... You know, the blood. Slow-mo. The... Oh, it's great. So you get to see the whole thing. These are probably the worst images of the movie. If you are looking for the moment to avoid looking at, this scene is it. Um, it's awful. It is very, very graphic. And like... They all take turns to smash him. So there's, yeah, there's like four people who it seems like have been appointed to... And he was clearly dead after the first hit. But the ceremony continues. So it's like a pinata. And even though the candy's fallen out, you gotta make sure that pinata is just smashed (laughs) to bits. Um, So yeah, basically four people beat this guy's head to a bloody pulp and it is disgusting <laughs> and um i mean it's like in dead silence too like there is barely any sound at this part of the movie it's just like close up of gross bloody mess and Danny's still not reacting. I, yeah, so the just... silence happens because Danny kind of goes like catatonic. Yeah, you look. We see her looking at it, being like, "What?" Yeah, um, which is interesting because I think you would. That think... shift happened though. It's yeah, it's weird. It's like anytime anyone mentioned her own, you know, dead family members, she had an anxiety attack. Yeah, but watching suicide happened in this context she just went numb yeah and catatonic which is an interesting shift for that character um it's very disturbing and I think that's the first moment and this is probably what I don't know half an hour into the movie yeah it's not it's pretty early on it's early on but also like a lot has happened before this like it True. Sooner. Um, it kind of happens quickly, though. But that's the thing. The pacing of this is, like, really good. Because it's, like, it's a long thing, but it moves. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the first indication of true horror of this movie. And um, so we, after that, you know... The characters from the UK are clearly disturbed and they're going to try and leave. Uh, Danny also feels like leaving at that moment, I believe. Right? She, she's trying to figure out if they can go home, but I think Christian convinces her that they should Yeah, she's stay. freaked out afterwards, which is interesting. During it, she wasn't super freaked out. But yeah. afterwards, she does... You know, she tries to go get some more air, and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't want to stay. Pele asked them both, uh, both asked the group to stay, says, like, sorry about it, um, but, uh, you know, convinces the group to stay. Simon and Connie do decide to leave, um, but... Simon leaves... 
they were they told that Simon already left without her. Yeah, the Harga, the, the group told like Tani's looking for Simon. They said Simon already got a train. Um, he said there like basically that it was a car ride there and there wasn't enough room for two, so he took it and they wanted her to go follow him. So Simon's gone, and then Connie disappears shortly after. Uh so let's see. Then this is a big shift for the other dudes. Um, the boys, the guys that, you know, travel well together, Mark, Josh, and Christian, because Christian now decides that he wants this to be his thesis. Yes, yeah, so it's already Josh's thesis, then Christian decides he's going to do his thesis on this too. Basically, after the suicide, tensions just go, like, skyrocket they skyrocket after that yeah so now these two are fighting over who gets to make this their thesis christian's basically saying like i'm gonna do this too be great if you want to work with me and you know split which of course the white guy wants to take more credit for everything yeah um you know Josh goes to Pele to ask him if he can speak to the elders and write stuff down. And he says that Christian actually asked him first. But eventually he gets permission to, for both of them to be able to write and document things as long as they change names and change locations. Um, before that, Mark actually... Because Mark is, like, looking for a woman to bone. And yeah. there's this woman who is kind of luring him in, or luring and looking at him, flirting with him throughout the beginning of the film when they get there. And then she finally kind of, um, after he actually pisses on their uh, ancestral tree... Um, you know, and this one guy, like, freaked out on him, and it was the only guy who, like, was enraged by it. Yeah. And they had to stop him and, like, calm him down. He was enraged by it, trying to, like, be, a attack Mark, um, with, you know, with his words, not just, um, he was, I don't think he was, like, physically gonna hurt him. They were very angry. Very angry because it meant so much to him about, like, this this ancestral tree was yeah. meant so much to this cult, this to the, the Harga. Um, where they put their loved one's ashes, mm -hmm. so. And so, after that, they go feast. Um, and Mark gets lured by a woman from the cult. Yeah, she just the, goes up to him and says, like, yeah. you, you come with me, I'll show yeah. you. And he, of course, Mark is this, like, douchey douchebag and follows her into the woods, and that's the last time we see him. Yep. Um, so, um, and after that, uh, 
that night, I mean, earlier, like, Josh has been learning about the cult and interviewing people in the cult, and he's learning about these, like, sacred texts, basically, like, this is, uh, something that the group, uh, kind of gets its practices from, and these are, uh, ancient runic practices based on paintings that are made by a chosen member of the group who seems to, I think, usually be a member of the group who is created by inbreeding and is... Yeah, I didn't care for that. Yeah, it's a weird... It um, felt too sloppy to me. Yeah, it wasn't really needed. It's like a one-mention kind of thing. I honestly it's... forgot about it. And it's a bit ableist, too, for sure. It is played by a person in prosthetics, and it's just it's so shock value of yeah. seeing a deformed person is what kind of they did not care to. for it. Anyway, there's this book this character paints in. Uh, it doesn't even serve the movie at all. It's Like, a, that whole... Does not serve the movie. It only serves the movie for this purpose, and that is Josh wants to take pictures of it, and the group tells him, no, of course not. Um, so later that night, Josh decides to sneak into that place and take okay. pictures of this book. Mm -hmm. um, while he's doing that, sees Mark kind of appear in the darkness. Naked. Um... Naked, and then Josh is uh, bashed over the head and dead. It wasn't Mark. It was actually this is confirmed by a screenplay um, that it was the man who got mad at him for peeing on the ancestral tree who hit him over the head. Is the one who hit him over the head. Okay, yeah. Because he was wasn't... wearing Mark's skin over his face. Well, I thought that his it was... Face. I thought... Sorry. I thought it was the... Uh, I thought it was the deformed character who was wearing the skin. It wasn't. But how did he hit him over the head? Like, he was so far away. I feel like it was someone... Oh, How did you get that confirmation? Uh, IMDb. Okay. For trivia. And it says it was confirmed by the screenplay that it was that man from... Uh, who got mad at him for peeing on the ancestral tree. Mark was the one who peed, though. Yeah. That guy hit Josh over that? Yes. Okay. That seems weird to me. I don't know. That's how what it was in the screenplay. I guess didn't it seem like it was the deformed character? I thought it was the deformed character too, but I think the deformed character was in the temple as well. I feel like they were the one wearing the mask who was distracting Josh and the person who... It was a different person who hit them over the head. Well, then, I, I don't know. You want to fight IMDb? That's up to you. But. 
I'm just saying, it seems like two people are involved here. I thought so too. But you're saying the script on IMDb says it's one? No, saying that who the who was wearing the mask, that was that guy. Okay. Well, it's not so very that's clear. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's none, like, that, the deformed person does not serve a purpose at all. No. It's only there for shock value. So, Mark has been skinned. And skin is being used as a mask. Um, next day, Danny is kind of coerced into taking more psychedelics. And this begins the uh, kind of dance competition that is uh, to establish a May Queen. So, all the women in this community who apparently run the place also are dancing in this competition and basically the rules are last person to be standing is the winner so Danny's dancing the drugs are kicking in it's very trippy um, and eventually she is crowned May Queen because uh, she was the last person to be jumped far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of skipping ahead, but uh, these are the big events. So, Danny wins the dance competition and becomes the May Queen. I do want to note something. Sure. That was a good, a good subtle thing that happened in the film. Was that Christian was um, getting looks from Maya, I think is her name, from the from the Harga cult. She was this like young redheaded woman who I guess was made out to be a virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kept looking at Christian and wanting, like, clearly wanting Christian for something, and it was kind of clear that it was playing those tones of, you know, virgin, um, you know, biblical thing, you know, not biblical, I'm not saying the right things, anyway, but, um, She's been making eyes at him throughout the film, mm. and I think um, Danny has been seeing that, and but kind of ignoring it, because Christian wasn't even really aware of it, didn't care, didn't want it. Early on in the film, when Simon and Connie are kind of getting a tour of the cult um, land, mm-hmm. Um, there, we do kind of see this shocking image, like drawing image of a woman, um, menstruating into a cup of water or some sort of, um, juice and cutting her pubes into some food. And so we do see later, um, in one of the later feasts, 
Um, everyone has these juices on their t on the table, and they're all this one color. And his Christian's cup of juice was redder than yep. everybody else's, and it was it was red rather than orange. And they called those paintings. It was the depiction of like a love ritual, basically. Right. And so he was, and then they started to eat this like little pot pie that they have all made. And he now, he starts to find pubes in his pie as he's eating it. So now it's very clear that, you know, he's trying to, he's getting this love spell on him. Um, or he finds, um, and uh, Josh even finds something under his bed. This like little rune. rune. What's that? It's a rune. A rune? Yeah. What does that mean? It's a carved drawing. Okay, so yeah, it rock. was a, yeah a carved drawing under his bed. So clearly Maya is trying to get um, get him to be the one to. Have sex with her later. There's a lot of rituals and I wasn't sure. Symbology yeah. and I wasn't sure if that was going to be something that comes to fruition, and it totally did. And like a lot. It just it was uh, that scene was a lot. <laughs> Let's get there. We're almost there. I know. So. Uh, Danny's the May Queen, and then she is kind of dressed up in a flower crown, and, and, uh, now she's in this position where the group is waiting on her. It's, they're taking her lead. Um, so they're all at the table ready to eat. They're waiting for her to start eating, and they follow her. Um, while this is happening, Christian's kind of... She's still hallucinating, so and a lot, a yes. lot, everyone's still hallucinating. So the cinematography in this whole, this whole uh, sequence, um, the mountains and everything behind them is moving and hallucinating, or not hallucinating, but like breathing in mm -hmm. a way. And yeah, her her flower crown is breathing and so it feels like she's becoming the thing. She's yeah. becoming something. Yeah. Yeah, it's very trippy. It's very symbolic and cool looking. So they're eating at the same time Christian is uh drugged and he's being groomed to participate in this ritual so he gets called into the Hargo woman's uh, office, like the the leader of the community, and is basically right, told like, right. "Hey, uh, what do you think about is it Maya?" Maya, um, I think this or Maja Maya. Maya, I think. Uh, what do you think about Maya? She's shown uh, an interest and is r willing to meet with you. Um, so the women run this community, and they mate for lineage. That's it. Uh -huh. And it felt like it was, even though it was so wild, that whole scene. Talk about it. Talk about the scene. This, okay. Yeah, the scene, um, so he 
basically he comes into this barn and she's presenting herself in this like flower bed naked naked and she's um just she's she looks confident and she looks ready so he kind of comes in nervous and kind of I don't know. I guess I'm doing this, and he's just, he's he's clearly drugged, and you know. Then um, the women behind her are kind of encouraging him to do this. Also, all naked. Also, all naked. Kind of in solidarity with her, um, and so she, so he unzips and starts having sex with her essentially and so and while that's happening she it just looks like he is not the focus at all so he's just only there to come inside of her I'm sorry that's the only way I can say it but she's just looking up at her fellow cult female members and they're all supporting her and they're chanting with her and helping her and they're just happy for her it feels like this like happy ceremonial thing and they're just it felt like it was all about them rather than him which was kind of weird and cool but like also just so not weird for him yeah, I just. But, but I mean, I I mean, who I mean, cares what he's doing? It. Yeah, there's. It's... But there's also, you know, I'm still not into culty things. I'm just, you know, that still freaks me out. But oh, so you wouldn't want to like? No, I wouldn't this? do that. I would never do that. Okay. But there was a cool moment because when he he does finish. Um, she doesn't even look at him. Doesn't even talk to him. She's looking at the women behind her, and she, you know, says she can feel the baby inside of her. Yes, very gross, creepy language. Um, yes. Oh, but, and Danny also does see. Yeah. So I'm gonna go into this. Danny does go because um, she's curious, and she hears the. Um, the sound outside of the barn. Because all the women are echoing uh, Maya's, I guess, moans of pleasure. So, like That's the right. same way that they are echoing, echoing the yeah. dying elders. Like they're, they're all echoing. sharing her moment. They're sharing. They're sharing her. They're and they're like empathizing with her, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she hears it, she feels it, and so she maybe she you knows she's also empathizing with the feeling, so she's confused and she knows Christian's missing. So she went, she goes in, you know, she's her gut is telling her something. She goes to look through the doorway, and I love the cinematic choice of her just looking through the doorway. We don't have to see the scene again. Um, and she can see clearly what's happening and we're just watching her see it and she reacts to it and she has like this major panic attack about it 
So she's breathing and she's, you know, hyperventilating and she's crying and the women immediately swarm her. Different women. Not different that. women. Different women from when she was, you know, doing this like planting um, chant or like this uh, crop chant that she was helping them with the crops um, as the May Queen. And so those women were with her, swarmed her, grabbed her, carried, basically carried her into um, where they were all sleeping in this like little hostel thing. Um, and they all kind of fell to the floor because she kind of, she was, she felt pretty weak in this moment. Um, and Danny's like wailing, crying, crying, like panic attack. And the women just kind of, they just increasingly synchronize with her. And it's like one by one, they're all synchronizing with her with this like, with the wailing sounds and they're just feeling her pain. They're feeling, they're sharing her pain with her and they start it feels like a breathing exercise it felt like a breathing like wailing um sharing moment yeah so let's and then the, this is like the crux of this movie so between that we're cutting between that and we're cutting between the uh maya and her losing her virginity and the women sharing her, you know, moans as well. And kind of cutting back and forth in these harsh cuts between these two things. Between this group crying and this group, like, moaning the pleasure. And it's like, <laughs> this is what we started to realize about this Harga community. Is that they're very empathetic. And they... They're a community. This is the thing. It's like, they are the most empathetic characters in the movie. They don't really hide the truth. They think their way of doing things is very right. And it's not malicious at all. Like, mm -hmm. what, what we eventually kind of learn is, and we kind of, we're rushing toward the end of the movie... But, like, all this sacrifice and all this, like, blood that's being spilled is because this community basically believes that life is a circle. And, you know, your first, I can't remember the numbers, like, the first 15 years or 20 years from age 1 to... 20 year like a youth or 1 to 15 is that about right you know what I'm talking about mm -mm. um they were summarizing it so that's the first part of your life you were a child and then like that's like the next 15 years is when you're like an, an adult and then there's like four stages of life basically separated okay. into I didn't chunks. catch that yeah I think Paley said it um, cause even they joke, this is early in the movie, where like, what happens after you're, you know, 
70. I need to watch it again. Yeah. So it was basically like, because they joked. Was like, what happens okay, after 70? And then Taylor was like, uh, like made the like, oh, right. then you die. Like, it was like, haha, funny joke. No, that's what this community does. So you get to a certain age, and then you are sacrificed so that your spirit and energy can be born into a new person. So, uh, that's what this group and community believes to them. It's all very, uh, it's a happy thing. It's a joyous thing. This is the thing everyone in this community wants for their communities. Like they know that one day they will give their life so that someone else can be born and have that name and have that life. Um, so the bad guys of this movie are very happy, very joyous, empathetic people who... Who think they're doing the right thing. Who... Yeah. Who, it's a lifestyle that is, like, honestly, like, they make it look good. Like, it's just like, yeah, everyone here gets to share a family. and They make our grieving process or just, like, our humanity or our stuff feels so wrong <laughs> yeah and feels so cold yeah exactly yeah really like compared the early scenes of this movie and how this, this our society looks and everything about this group looks so there was something know, so, yeah there was something so cathartic of like Having people share your pain. Yeah, and I think that's something Danny as a character was not getting right. Christian. And so she finally was getting it. So she, even at the end, when, um, so basically at the end is what, um, they have to, you know, sacrifice a couple people. So they sac they obviously sacrifice the outsiders because that's their goal. Anytime yeah. they bring the outsiders, that is their goal to sacrifice them. Yeah, so Christian after Christian, the ceremony discovered like Josh's buried leg and then finds Simon's right? corpse, you know, hung from the ceiling. Right, which is called the Eagle Blood Eagle. Blood Eagle. Which is like an old Viking thing. Yeah. Um, which is gross. Look it up, I guess. Yeah, look it up. I did look it up, <laughs> and it's disgusting, and it is a real thing. And they did it in this movie. And it's gross. Um, and yeah. then after that, Christian is paralyzed by an elder. Um, and then the, we're at the conclusion of the movie. So we basically wake up, and Danny's in this big flower gown, flower crown, and being explained by the cult is they're explaining that uh this ritual concludes basically with like nine human sacrifices and they must be offered so the first four victims are outsiders so we have josh and mark connie and simon have already been the four first victims um lured by pele and this other character who lured Simon and Connie. The next four victims are cult members. So we have the two dead elders. And then there was uh, another villager and, and Ingomar. 
Ingomar is the one who brought Simon and Tawny. Yes. Yes. Um. And then basically the ninth and final victim is chosen by the May Queen and they get to be an outsider or another villager. So, at this point in the movie, uh, the last two choices are, I think it's Pele or Christian. And Christian is been still, he's still Pele? I think it was, if I remember that. I remember, no, they, they drew a number and it was like a random villager. But she chooses. Yeah, they chose the random villager to be oh, one of two. right. And then there was one more outsider who is a possible choice. So the May Queen gets to choose between another villager or another outsider to be sacrificed. So the May Queen got to choose. Danny got to choose who got to be sacrificed. It was either going to be Pele or it was Christian. That's the way the ritual is explained. So. Yeah. Um, so there's four villagers, then there's four outsiders, and then one more who is one or the other. So they chose randomly the possible villager, and then we only are left with one outsider. That's how these people are brought here. It's always this same number because it's nine people and it has to be four outsiders. Who, or five, I guess five outsiders who are being brought. So Pele was only going to bring five outsiders. Uh, or, I mean, he was only going to bring the right number of outsiders before Danny also got invited. He was only bringing Mark and Josh and Christian. And then the other guy was bringing two to make a total of five. And Danny was a nice bonus. So he was really excited about her. Um, so Danny's getting to make this choice. And she chooses Christian to be sacrificed. And Christian's still paralyzed at this point, And he is put in a bear suit uh, bear he's put in a bear skin like an actual bear's yeah. skin and uh which we see in the beginning of the film yeah this is hinted at a lot in paintings it was foreshadowed in a painting she had above her bed it was like a little um like a girl in a flower crown like um Head-to-head head with a bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is... These things are all throughout the movie, and they look like, ah, what weird things when you're just watching the movie. But then it's like, well, this movie's just telling us what's happening. I know. Very early it's on. It's very upfront. And it's up to us to, I guess, believe in that. So, uh, Christian is paralyzed, and all these... Other remaining sacrifices, the dead ones and the remaining living ones are put in this that sacred temple that we saw earlier that mm -hmm. we weren't allowed to go into. And the temple is burned. So some people are burned alive, including Christian, who's paralyzed in a bear skin. And uh, 
you know, they definitely don't shy away from showing you how awful that is. So, you know, again, another kind of graphic moment that is hard to watch. And uh, in the final moments of the movie, where it's a close-up on Danny's face, it is pained and frustrated by what she's seen. Uh, and then it ever so slowly changes into a smile a very cathartic looking blissful smile and that's the end of the movie um so yeah i mean we've kind of touched on the the big overall arcing elements but like this movie's about Danny's catharsis to me. Like, it's about this character who's been in pain this whole movie and begging for someone to just sympathize and empathize with her and not getting it, but is strong enough to, like, keep going on and be fine, but, you know, clearly needs empathy from other people that she's not getting and then she's brought to this terrible situation but is embraced by this group of women yeah they like genuinely embrace her and like genuinely care about her yeah like there are moments that just seem creepy as you're watching it like they ask her to help make pies and I'm just like what are the pies gonna be what is in the pies? But it's just pies. And at the end of this movie, like you realize like they just wanted her to make pies with them. Like there was genuine connection that she just wasn't getting from anyone else. And I think like that she's happy at the end of this movie because like one, she's free of this dead weight that is Christian, who is is uh, an awful person. Um, but also it was like in a community where for the first time she's like listened to and, and embraced and empathized with, and there are women and people there who just want to let her know that her pain is like a valid thing and want to share that with her instead of like trying to be like, tell her to like shut up about it or whatever. Like, you know, it's, uh. It's a, it's a, a community that is happy to have her. Yeah, there's that one. I mean, I agree. I just there is that one scene that made me feel, made me think about. It, are they trying to lure her with her weaknesses? Are they trying to lure, lure her with her tragedies? Because, you know, that's the easy way to lure someone in is, like, find their weak points. and Which um, scene which, are you talking about? Because I was getting to it. Um, Pele was talking to her about, you know... No, I get it, I get it, you know, because she was talking about her family, or she wasn't even talking about her family. He just brought it up again. He brought it up again when she was talking about 
seeing the suicides on the cliff and she was freaking out about that moment and so Pelly was trying to calm her down and you know he's like no I know what you're going through I understand your tragedies I understand your fa you losing your family and she's like no I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the suit and he stops her and he's like no I lost my family in a fire yeah I understand as an orphan. I am an orphan. I was an orphan and I lost my parents in a fire, which now we know was the sacrifice probably way back then. Mm -hmm. But um, it did to, to me, it felt like, like, no, I understand your weakness. I understand your tragedies. Yeah. I understand what you're going through. It's true. I mean, but the, the point he was making in that scene, too, was, like, he kept asking her, like, definitely, he was in a community that, like, embraced him and held him. And then he was like, do you feel held by Christian? See? That you... feels like brainwashing, like, gaslighting type of thing. I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's portrayed that way because we're in a horror movie. But I think he's being genuine in that he just wants to, like, are you okay? Like, are you, But like, he didn't let her speak in that moment. Uh, I don't remember. She was trying to correct him, and he didn't let her. Before he got to that point out? Or, I don't remember what happened next, I guess. They were on the bed. Yeah. I guess I don't remember when that conversation She was like, no, wait, wait. Was she was trying to, like, correct him, because she... He wasn't talking about what she was talking about. And I think, you know, the men in this community aren't in charge. Like, they're not the, the people who I think are the most em embracing. I think they're honest, and I think they have the things they care about. But the men are just used to be bred, breed, bred with, breeded, <laughs> um, for breeding. And that's it. Um... I, I think it was genuine. I think it was, you know, wanting to genuinely ask her if she felt cared for and making the point that this is a place that's going to care for you. And yeah, it's culty. It's a cult. But it's a cult that means well. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I agree with you. Um, but it's also like, in his point of view, it, it's a nice thing he's asking her. He's a, he wants her to feel cared about. Does that make sense? Um, no, but that's okay. <laughs> I think we'll just disagree on that part. Right. I, I guess... There's definitely questions that can be asked about, like, where does this go after this movie ends? Like, does she still stay with the cult? Does she feel happy there? Does she... Yeah, there was one point that was so weird when she was, like, dancing at the Maypole. Mm -hmm. She starts speaking Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> like, how does this happen? Weird what? drug trip, I guess, but... Yeah, it was definitely a silly, weird, strange moment, but, uh... Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess, in your mind, is this a happy ending, or is this not? 
Yes and no. I mean, neither. Yeah. Because... Is it a happy ending for her? Is she getting really what she wants? I mean, she is getting that, like, not validation, but comfort. But, again, it's a cult. So, to me, I'm like, no, that's this is awful. Yeah. I mean, it's still not a great cult. <laughs> they do pretty bad stuff and they get, you know, who like who gets to decide what how you live and what you deserve and what you don't deserve. Um so, I don't know. To me it's an open ending and I do I did see someone um, on Facebook, a friend on Facebook, I won't say their name, so I don't just, you know, sure. expose them. <laughs> um, but they did say something about the biblical stuff in this movie mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't know, I didn't read the Bible or anything, but the men being named after some dudes from the the bible the bible yeah. the bible <laughs> the bible um the good book the bible if you will um like you know mark john i mean john josh is josh a name <laughs> i don't think so but like mark is i know paleo is like swedish the swedish variant of peter peter basically yeah um so there's definitely names. Mark, Christian. Christian. Uh, obviously. Um, what did that mean to them or to you? I mean, nothing to me. But they did say that, you know, that it, it has like some... That, the tone of it. The tone of this. It's, it's like a biblical thing. And, I mean... I'm not gonna say anything to so I don't get people angry, but you know <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? I know the Bible could be taken as culty and it sure. could be I don't know. So I guess there's implications there that's like religion uh I mean, I it's mean, kind of the same... It's not very far from it. It's not. I mean, these, this cult believes in a thing. This cult believes in a way of life and a, and a pattern of life that must be held. Mm-hmm. And their beliefs, do they lead to the deaths of their own community in sometimes shocking and violent ways? Yes. But also, everyone who is dying wants to be dying, basically. Like, they're... I mean, it's the thing, right? Like, you see the, the scene at the end with the two uh, villagers who are left to be sacrificed, right? And they are in the thing, and it starts to burn. And then they kept on fire, and they start burning alive. And they're, like, happy and smiling up until the point they catch fire, and then they're just screaming in pain. So it's like... They think... Their mentality is that this is a good thing. This is like a thing. Mm -hmm. I am honored to be chosen for yeah. this. 
and then they're screaming in anguish and pain. So, what they believe is essentially good. The way they get there is kind of bad. And there's always that, I mean, Book of Mormon makes this uh, comment on religion too. That's basically like the moral of that story is believe in what you want as long as it doesn't hurt people. So when you're, those people you're hurting are your own and they believe that it's good and everyone else around them believes it's good, is it good? That's kind of the question of this movie. Like, is this good? Is this religion? Is this kind of belief system okay? Like... Well, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Um, then that's why you and I aren't in a cult. But, uh, yeah, this, I mean, this is a movie that lends itself to more discussion. Like, it's just like, there's a lot going on. And I think, very different from Hereditary, where, like, by the time we got to the end of that movie, there was kind of, like, no more to discuss. It was just like, and case closed. Here are all the answers, like it or not. This movie is like, it lingers. Images linger, feelings about it linger for a long time, and it's just, it makes me want to go into it more, and I, that's the strength of, of this movie. And, uh, yeah, like, I don't have an answer to that question, it's just, that's the kind of thought that I'm left with, personally. So, all in all, very tense, like almost two and a half hours of movie. And that's Midsummer. I don't know, are there any other thoughts that you had on this movie? No. Okay, well. I mean, I, I laid it all out there and I, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> we days. haven't gotten anywhere. It's like... No, it's, we really haven't gotten anywhere. And I apologize if we were all over the place, but... So is this movie. <laughs> watch it. See what you think for yourself. And if you have any ideas, please let us know. Or if you have something that uh, you thought about that we've missed. Yeah, we Please, please, please let us know. We'd love to hear about it, talk about it, um, discuss it, and yeah. we'll bring it up in our next episode if there's something that was, um, something that we missed. Yeah. That I, we thought was important. We'll talk about it. My final, final thoughts on this movie are, uh, Florence Pugh, carries this movie spectacularly I think she's she's a great actress this is, yeah this is a, I fell in love with her same like it was the first thing I've ever seen her in yeah. and uh, uh she's this is not the great. first thing you've seen with her Wait, malevolent her? oh uh malevolent from Netflix do you remember when we oh watched my that god yeah. It was a bad horror film. Oh, Don't ever watch that? it. Oh. She was the main character in that. Whoa. Yeah. It's like okay. a British horror film. And we watched it at Sarah Thompson's house. <laughs> my other co-host. <laughs> Your co-host co from, from yeah. 
And yeah. it was terrible. Oh my but she is an amazing actress, so she's wow. still here today. And Well, she definitely showed that she is better than that crappy Netflix horror movie. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to see her notes up. She's going to be in the Black Widow movie. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing her more things, but she's yeah. great. Yeah, follow her, because she's a cool actress. And, and yay for more horror films who that are, like, led by women who are characters who are, like, realizing their power and their strength. Like, that's her journey in this movie, in a True. way. It is very her journey. Um, so that's a cool thing. And I will say that Ari Aster's made two cult movies at this point, so I want to see him do something else now. Um, yeah. But well done here. Uh, and overall enjoyable. Let us know what you thought. Uh, those yes, are please let us know your thoughts and what you uh, captured from this film. Um, and also... Fun little thing for our next episode. Um, please let us know a movie you want us to watch and talk about yes. for our next episode or for, or for our future episodes. We'd love to hear what you want to hear about or what you want to discuss about. Um, so please let us know. Yes, we are uh, very interested in doing old movies as well as new movies. Yes. So that's our goal. All um, kinds. So all Bad movies. horror films, good horror, <laughs> horror films. Give us some bad ones. Thrillers. We love some bad horror films. Clearly, we watch Malevolent. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let us know. You can hit us up on Facebook. We have an email, too. You can find it in the details of this podcast. Uh, that's going to be all for today's episode. I am Talon Bigelow. I am Elena Fanasiev. This has been Scared Squared. Good night, everybody. Good night and sleep well. <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs>